Pacific Gas and Electric, better known as PG&E, is one of the nation's largest utility companies. And now it's facing more than $30 billion in damages for its role in California's deadly wildfires over the past two years, leading the company to the brink of bankruptcy and likely making it the business world's biggest climate change casualty in history. This is TikTok. I'm David Myers. Joining me today for more on this is Bloomberg's energy reporter, Brian Eckhouse. Good to have you here, Brian. David, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. So, why exactly is PG&E facing this $30 billion burden? PG&E covers Northern California, which has been ravaged by wildfires in 2017 and 2018. That number is a total of all potential liabilities if PG&E is held liable for them. And PG&E hasn't been proven officially guilty or the cause of any of these fires quite yet? A state agency found that about 17 of the fires that took place in 2017 were the result of PG&E's equipment or wires. Granted, this is one group's take. Uh, there are still fires from 2017 and last year's very deadly campfire in November that's still unclear as to whose fault it was. People are questioning whether or not PG&E's equipment is part of this, but it's still to be determined. But regardless, PG&E sees bankruptcy at the moment as their only way out of this. At this point, yes. The state has not indicated a great desire to do a bailout. Um, Gavin Newsom, the new governor, uh, is focusing greatly on PG&E's uh, safety and reliability. That's what he said in a statement on Monday. And he seems more focused on the state's very ambitious climate goals. But is bankruptcy what Gavin Newsom wants for California, or does he need another outcome to help pay for what has gone wrong? It's unclear. He's been very limited in his remarks. Uh, he's a new governor, and he's assuming a really big crisis. At the same time, there are issues around the state that are of equal importance that are also kind of at the level of crisis. He's inherited this. Mm -hmm. And does he want to use political capital to bail out PG&E? It's an open question for people in the state. People think he may not want to. And it's important to note, Gavin Newsom was the mayor of San Francisco years ago. PG&E is based in San Francisco. This is not like an entity he's unaware of. Mm -hmm. He's very familiar with PG&E. And he's got his own climate goals for the state of California. How does that impact his goals? California wants to decarbonize by 2045. His predecessor, Jerry Brown, passed a bill in September mandating that. You know, the state has viewed its three investor-owned utilities, of which PG&E is the largest one of them, as really important instruments to go and achieve that. PG&E has bought a lot of solar power and wind power uh, because of the state's goals. In 08, 09, when solar power was very expensive, PG&E had to go and enter long-term contracts with solar farms to buy the power. Now, if you sign a, a deal with a solar farm, it's really, really cheap. Solar power has come down in price. PG&E is a, an important instrument to help mainstream that. Now, as California wants to ramp up electric vehicles, it needs agencies like PG&E to go and do this. Maybe it means PG&E is investing in EV charging. It's unclear what the exact role is, but the utilities have been a very, very important vehicle for these climate goals. So, a bankrupt PG&E, does it cloud that? Maybe yes. I think from the state's point of view, perhaps they think they can influence uh, PG&E if it goes bankrupt. 
in the sense of that, like if they want the state, if they want PG&E to do more with renewables or clean power broadly, or with electric vehicles, maybe they can influence that process. So the state of California needs PG&E to help them push forward with their goals of having um, more fuel-efficient cars. Quite possibly. I think certainly analysts have viewed PG&E as essential to ramping up uh, the state's solar power and wind power. And that's happened. And it's quite possible the state views PG&E in a similar role as EVs increase, or as they wanted EVs to increase. Now, when it gets to this possible bankruptcy hearing by PG&E, will they use climate change as the defense of, of what has happened? It's unclear if, in a bankruptcy court, they do that. It's important to note they haven't filed yet. Uh, they seem very likely to file. They haven't gotten there yet. Uh, so It's very much unclear if they use that argument or not. But certainly, in the run-up to this likely bankruptcy, they've been pointing to climate change. It's important to note the campfire was last November, and it was the state's deadliest. But last summer, the now-departed CEO, Geisha Williams, she left over the weekend, she pointed to climate as a huge risk on an investor call. So clearly, PG&E has been aware that this is a risk. People who are critical of PG&E view climate change as an easy defense. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly, those, those critics, those skeptics say, wait a minute, it's quite possible that PG&E has been arrogant in this whole process. Maybe they were negligent in terms of what may or may not have caused the fires. Maybe they were negligent in terms of the safety of their equipment. So you have these two camps, people saying, wait a minute, like climate change is real, it's legitimate, and this is a big risk to utilities that are in areas of fires or, or hurricanes, which you might see in California, you might mm -hmm. see in Florida, you might see in Texas for hurricanes. But others say, wait a minute, that might be giving PG&E an easy out. Historically speaking, though, has anyone used a climate change excuse in a multi-billion dollar bankruptcy case? We know of companies that point to really big storms as being what led to bankruptcy. Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans in 05. Um, shortly thereafter, a utility there went bankrupt. And they pointed to uh, a customer base that was decimated. People left New Orleans in droves. And that hurt their, you know, their numbers. Um, Katrina's viewed as one of the worst storms. Was it climate change induced? I'm not a scientist, I don't know. Um, but there is a cool thought that like that was a really, really bad storm that may have been worsened by this. You know, two years ago in 2017, you know, there were some really bad hurricanes that hit Puerto Rico, that hit Florida, hit Texas. There was a power generator based in Texas that, you know, greatly struggled uh, because of that storm. Granted, they were they were not in great shape beforehand, and the hurricane was sort of the final straw. But that was what they pointed to as being kind of that last straw. So it's unclear whether or not people said, hey, climate change bankrupted us. But storms that may have been created or worsened by climate change, they pointed to. So to answer your question, 
it's quite possible we'll see more people point to this. Because we do have more wildfires, and we do have rising um, coastal lines, and we do have warmer water in the ocean, which means not necessarily more hurricanes, but at least stronger hurricanes. So this is something that's not just a utilities problem. This is something that's almost every business sector problem. People saw this as a, as a power grid problem, utility problem, or perhaps more of a problem for developing nations. But I think what's very clear now is that you know insurers, you know, view this as a big risk. Mm-hmm. A small insurer in California, its health deteriorated last year after the campfire. Um, you know, home builders certainly view this as a threat. And for people who live in you know climate sensitive areas, whether it's hurricanes in this, you know in the islands in the Caribbean, whether it's in you know Florida, Texas, or you know parts of California that are fire prone. Um, they're certainly aware of that risk. So you're also, your point about how like fires might be more common, and the idea of hurricanes are, are fires more common. Certainly, there's been a spate of them more recently in California. Will, will there be one every year? Obviously, we don't know. But I think we're now seeing like you know what was once known as like a once a century, once a generation storm. We're seeing them more common. They're more frequent. So this issue is not a one-off issue. This is a growing problem that companies of across the country from all sectors are going to have to deal with as the new normal. Companies are clearly more aware or sensitive to climate and the potential dangers of climate change. Some companies are now adding it to their risk factors in their corporate filings. People are pointing to it more in their public statements, as we saw at PG&E. It appears this is, if not the new normal, might be getting there. Make sure to follow Brian and his reporting on Twitter. He's at Brian Reports. That's the TikTok for today. Thanks for listening. Please head over to iTunes and let us know what you think. I'm David Myers. You can follow me on Twitter at David F. Myers, and you can get all your updates 24-7 at TikTok.